0: a couple years ago i was sitting down uh, taking a break from my job at the athletic media company and uh, i was drinking a non-alcoholic beer from athletic brewing and i thought uh, hey this this could be a partnership because i'm i'm an ad wizard and so i put those two things together and Took a couple years, but now I get to read ads for Athletic Brewing and uh, their non-alcoholic beers. And I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about it because I like the product. I like the product for a variety of different reasons. There are times where I'm uh, the designated driver. And that is it's perfect for me. I don't feel like I'm I'm missing out on a whole lot. There are also times where I'm not the designated driver, but it's going to be a long day of gabbing and I don't necessarily need to have 10 IPAs in a row. So I will mix in an athletic, non-alcoholic beer and I, I feel like I don't miss a beat. And it allows me to pace myself uh, the way I want to do it. It's perfect for beach days, music festivals, and baseball games, camping, late nights. Uh, they have a ton of different varieties. They have uh, light. They have upside uh, Don golden. They have run wild IPA. They have a hazy IPA. They have summer seasonals. They've got a, a lemon Rattler ripe pursuit. I don't even know what a Rattler is. But now I want to try it. I feel bad that I haven't tried it. So this summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know, Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you. And use the code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off. It's near beer, non-alcoholic beer, and it tastes... Listen, I grew up with some funky ones. Those didn't taste like beer. This tastes like this. This is good non alcoholic beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Hear that podcast, Carolyn? It's Dana
1: and Jay. All right, welcome into the latest impossible edition of The Walkout as the Bengals invent a new way to lose. And Jay's got a lot of demoralizing stats for us today. Bengals lose 37-34 to 34 at Paul Brown Stadium against the Browns. Uh, Joe Burrow goes bananas, uh, sc- throws the game-winning touchdown pass to Giovanni Bernard on fourth and short with a minute and six left. But alas, it was not enough uh, time. It was too much time for the Bengals' defense, who found a way to get beat as Donovan Peoples-Jones catches a ball with just a few seconds left over top of Darius Phillips in the end zone for the game deciding touchdown. I I don't even know, like it's hard to even know where to start um because what happened right then, the Carlos Dunlap situation went from bad to worse as I I didn't have the heart to use this in my story. Said so you know as they in the immortal words of Spaceballs, he's gone from suck to blow. Like it's just, it just, it's just, it just hit another level today as he blows up on the sideline, caught on TV going after coaches, immediately posts my, uh, my places for sale, house for sale on Twitter. Uh, Tyler Boyd comes in. Says it's suck a shit, los. <laughs> <laughs> I love, my favorite is Joe Mixon. Let, let me let me get that crib. <laughs> and it's just chaos, and it's hard to it's it's hard to believe. Like it's every week is just a new adventure in bad L's. You know, the,
2: the couple crazy things about that is like, we were asking Tyler Boyd about what Carlos said. He had no idea. Obviously, you know, they're, they're sorting through the loss and doing what they do post game. And he had no idea what we were talking about. And you could hear him vent his frustration as he walked away from the zoom mm-hmm. saying, you know, what, what did he say? What's going on? I mean, he, he was not happy. The, the other thing is Carlos, if anyone should be pissed on the sideline after the game, it should be guys on offense. No one on defense had any right to be mad about it. I mean, Carlos was part of the reason they lost this game. And, yeah, maybe he was saying, if you would have played me more, we would have won. But that's ridiculous. It's just, I don't know. I don't know where this goes because he's doing everything he can to get cut or traded or what, get out of here. And it's just Mike Brown's not going to give him what he wants.
1: No, and so my my column is up on The uh, Athletic Now, uh, diving into sort of what happens next with Carlos Dunlap. Who's in charge of what happens next and the reaction to what happened today that maybe ha- carries more weight than anything else that happened today. And that being you had a string of players and people might not like to hear this right now. And think this is actually a bad thing to come out of this, <laughs> but a string of players really standing up more than we've ever seen in defense of the head coach and in belief in the direction that they're going. And, you know, if you're talking about a head coach, it's a, it's a good time to defend him offensively. Uh, when that was one of the most efficient, impressive offensive performances you'll ever see, um, with, you know, just an in, incredible game of i mean they just, they had an answer to absolutely everything that happened. He's out there with a rookie quarterback who deserves most of the credit here. Uh 3 of the 5 offensive linemen go down. By the way, the line was bad before everybody started getting hurt. <laughs> uh, Jonah Williams gets hurt and he goes out with a neck injury. Trey Hopkins gets a concussion and he's gone at one point. Bobby Hart went out right towards the end of the game right before uh the Game, Go-ahead touchdown pass. You know, you already are down Xavier Suofilo at right guard. You're playing Alex Redmond. Michael Jordan was the lone guy out there from a bad offensive line on opening day uh, that was still remaining. I mean, it's all of that, and Joe Burrow goes our final stat line on on that game. I mean, you're talking about a guy that hits – 78% of his passes, I mean, throws for 406 yards, throws for three touchdowns, runs for another, I mean, almost 10 yards per attempt, he's in the seventh game. Converts third and
2: 11 with a quarterback draw and takes a wicked shot to do it.
1: Yeah.
2: Every sack, every penalty, this is what I'm writing about right now. Every, it, it, you look at his stat line and it looks like this was a walk in the park offensively and it wasn't. You mentioned the, the, the injuries on the offensive line. There were, there were sacks. There were penalties that turned third and sevens into third and 12s when the, it's like a 10% chance you convert that. Every single thing that went wrong, he answered it and in most cases answered it on the very next play. It was. If, the, if there's one takeaway, if you're look, if you're a Bengals fan looking for something positive in this this disaster of a season, that was it. If there was any question before today whether he's the right guy to take a franchise that has known nothing but adversity for the last three decades and, and overcome that adversity, he proved that today.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he's special. There's just there. He's 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 a, he's a superstar.
3: Before we move on, let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: The Browns score on what was their last touchdown of the first half an 11 play drive for 70 yards, five first downs. Their first drive of the second half, nine plays, 75 yards, four first downs. Touchdown. Next drive, eight plays, 74 yards, four first downs, touchdown. Next drive, seven plays, 75 yards, five first downs, touchdown. And then the last drive with a minute and six seconds left, go the length of the field and drop in another touchdown in only five plays, 75 yards, three first downs, touchdown. It's, I mean, this is two weeks in a row now for this defense. Couldn't protect a 21-0 lead. Jay's going to give you the demoralizing stats here in a second. (laughs) Couldn't protect a 21-0 lead last week. And this week, you have an offense performance for the ages, and you give up long touchdown drives on your last five possessions. I mean, this defense, which was showing some signs of hope, has had two – absolutely egregious unacceptable weeks and you wonder what it means for Lou Rumo at this point you have to because he already has a year and a half now in a bye week looms after Tennessee you have to wonder what these two performances do for you
2: yeah I mean if especially with the bye right around the corner I mean that's when that's when changes get made uh, we talked about this earlier in the week I I I still don't know, as bad as this was, I still don't know that they make a, a defensive coordinator change mid-season, but this certainly increased the chances of what we thought it would be earlier in the week. I mean, you mentioned all this. That's all that happened, no incompletions from Baker Mayfield after the first quarter on a pass that he tried. He had one spike to stop to kill the clock. And it was just no pressure on the quarterback, receivers. Either running wide open or making contested catches, you, you name it, it was there. They just, they had zero answer for this offense. And this, this wasn't a case like it was in Cleveland where they were two scores down and they were playing from behind and, you know, they would get close and then Cleveland would knock them back down, and get another score. I mean, they had leads. It's, it's, it was like the final two minutes of the first half, the entire second half. It was just situational
1: failure where they could not get a stop for anything dude's just running wide open just yeah. running wide open and you know and it's worth looking at you know the I mean Carlos Dunlap has a point I mean you have you have to be questioning tactics at this point whatever Lou Aaron is trying the last couple of weeks and you know where you're talking about not getting up I mean you're you have your hands tied behind your back a little bit no Sam Hubbard no DJ reader no William Jackson the third uh no Trey Waynes you're, you're out there trying to win and Darius Phillips is getting beat one on one, uh, in some huge spots. And, but you're not pressuring Baker Mayfield. You're not getting after him. You're not you, force it with some blitzes. Try something different. I don't know. Maybe on like the fourth straight long touchdown drive, try doing something different. You know, you just, you didn't see enough pressure on Baker Mayfield to let, to force him into making those mistakes that he's prone to make the 22 straight completions is it's this is insane stuff this is insane stuff and it's the type of stuff that gets you fired that's the, that's just I mean this it is it's the type of stuff that does get you fired and it you you wonder where it comes to next the team is one five and one and searching for answers with an offense that is coming into its own and you also have this Carlos Dunlap blow-up situation on your hands you know and and that's partially on the staff for letting it get to this but it's a whole other, even though it's a whole other mess in itself.
2: Well, you touched on it earlier. I mean, these kind of things are—it's—it's it's as big of a distraction as there can be. But it—it it almost feels like this might work the other way. We, we heard players come out in, in support of Zach on post-game Zoom. I did a lot of radio interviews this week leading up to this game. I did one in Columbus, one in Cleveland. I did Mo. Um, I did Ken Brew before the game today. The question was always, is Zach Taylor losing this locker room? And I contended that he's not, that it feels like more of the players were on his side than they were on Carlos Dunlap's They watch tape. They they Tape don't lie, they say. And they see Carlos not giving great effort. They see Carlos not being productive. And nobody, fans, teammates, nobody likes the way he's going about this, tweeting out depth pictures of the depth chart and that. And and today just took that a whole not even another step, another staircase. Um when, when you got we got a teammate like Tyler Boyd calling him out on social media and saying suck a shit.
1: <laughs> suck a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's you know I don't know and and we'll we'll see what happens from here um but you know the trade deadline is uh November third, and so they have until then to make deals I, I don't know I, I i still don't think it happens um i you know I, I I think we may see Carlos here putting on whatever his act is the rest of the year um potentially i mean who knows Um, but for now, it's a massive distraction and it's, it's on them to end it. I mean, I, I, I understand digging your heels in and not letting players feel like they can talk their way out of here. Or how about having an atmosphere that people don't want to talk their way out of and just eliminating it, eliminating distractions like this, eliminating toxic stuff happening in the locker room and people having to, see this and talk about this and hold colorstone left back from one of coaches and like it's just it's insane that it's just allowed to go on just because you know you, you eliminated a distraction once doesn't mean that every single player is going to start speaking up and attacking coaches in the locker room right. and on the sidelines and trying to get out of here theoretically you're eliminating that by eliminating this but again I don't you know I, I think people just assume trade them assume cut them and I just think that is not a safe assumption to make I don't Get the feeling that that is where the organization is at right now, and as we've said this week, you know what happened this weekend. Conduct, conduct detrimental to the team is on the table. It's it 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 has occurred. You sent out the whiteboard with the rotations. You know you went after coaches. All this stuff like that is conduct detrimental to the team. That is a bat of they can suspend, they can fine, they can do whatever they can. Healthy scratch, but. You know, if you if this guy is going to be around here all year, I mean, how could it get any worse? What do you what do you do? You know, I mean, at a certain point, it feels like you have to do something. But, you know, I I, I don't it it all comes back to really all that matters is one thing. You either just get him out of here or I guess you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, because I mean, if you cut him,
2: then he's free to go wherever he wants. He can go. To a team that's in first place and 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 possibly win a ring, and that's the last thing this organization wants. If you trade him, you control where he goes, but you still give him what he wants. He, he he's out of here, and they're not going to get what they think he is. Much of a distraction as he is right now, as poorly he's playing, they still are going to overvalue what they think he's worth, and they're not gonna. They're not just going to trade him for basically nothing which is all that they're going to get offered it 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 is going to come down to it, it feels like the conduct conduct detrimental to the team is the end game here because we've seen what he's done already and it just feels it just keeps escalating and eventually he's going to do something where they're going to have that leg to stand on people keep talking about you know he learned from Cordy Glenn last year that was a completely different situation because that was concussion injury related and and you you set yourself up by cutting a guy like that even if you don't believe He is as hurt as he says he is. This is, this is completely different. The, the Bengals probably already have a good case to do that. And, and they've, they've not done it yet. But if if Carlos keeps escalating things, I don't see it ending in any other way.
1: Let's stop for a second and take a quick break
0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: A few stats for you from this. Uh, one, I'll get one in here. This was actually uh, from Elias. Uh, the Bengals-Browns game was the first one in NFL history with five go-ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. There's been four before, uh, but this is the first one with five, which is insane. Also, the throw from Baker Mayfield, Donovan Peoples-Jones, was a next-gen, has that as a 21% probability percentage with 43 air yards and a half a yard of sideline distance. That really De- wasn't that bad of coverage by Phillips on that. It De- was. Did the ball go through his hands? Like It almost looked like it went right through his hands it looked like he got turned
2: around kind of like on his first interception where he wasn't looking at the last second he saw it and he caught it this time he didn't see it in time and it it, the ball just got by him and it was just an amazing catch force a field goal
1: and you're sending a guy out there for the tie who by the way missed the extra point (laughs) for the cover shout out vegas (laughs) uh after the touchdown i mean the browns have a a long history of shaky kickers and including one that's currently on the Bengals roster right now <laughs> on the 53 is still here. So it's not like that was some surefire thing. All you got to do is just not let them throw the touchdown bomb on you, but yet there it was. And so, so be it. So now one five and one. Titans Steelers are the next two on deck who battled it out two 5 and O teams and with the Steelers narrowly holding on 27-24 on Sunday. So, Titans and Derrick Henry are coming here to stiff arm their way into uh the next chapter of Bengals <laughs> sadness and we'll uh see how that goes. I'm sure the Bengals defense is really excited about that matchup. I've got that one other stat that you may
2: have seen oh, on yeah. Twitter already, but this one it was amazing you know paul asked me earlier when was the last time a team didn't punt and and lost and it has happened um there there was 115 times where a team didn't punt and there were about 25 26 losses in there so i i went and looked to see w- uh, if you, if they scored enough points and didn't punt and team, the most anybody scored was 32 and lost no team in NFL history in the Super Bowl era has scored 33 or more and not punted and lost the game. They were 55 and 0 until today. And now the Cincinnati and ones
1: <laughs> make it 55 to 1. The and one mixtape tour continues. Uh, last week it was 95 and 1, uh, on giving up the, the comeback, but the 11 and 0 the next week. Broke snap today, impossibly. But you saw the motive I feel like the psychological motivation factor that was part of the sort of the base of the eleven and zero. The next week stat was out there. It was a team that played with a a whole lot of fire and a lot of execution and did all the things you should have to do to win, except for you know be able to stop a single drive of over seventy yards uh, in the last five drives.
2: But that eleven and zero stat, the uh, the the Bengals now bookend it. It would the the last team Mm -hmm. to lose after blowing a twenty one point lead was the Bengals, and now they're the most recent team to do it. (laughs) Eleven and two, that number. Both twos are Uh, or both two is the Bengals.
1: Oh, Bengals fans. (laughs) I know. It's tough. It's sad. But the good news for you is you got Joe Burrow. Yes. And you got him for this year and four more after that at least. And uh and when you got that. You got a chance, which everybody here in this city and across the NFL is learning very quickly uh after the day that he had it today to add on to. I mean, you Jay on earlier on the podcast during right the week, you had the list of any quarterback, not just a rookie quarterback, to have five of your first seven games go for over three hundred yards, and the list is stars. Go ahead and reel it off again for those that maybe didn't listen to the podcast earlier in the week.
2: Okay, there's 14 different guys that have done it. Some have done it multiple times, but the list includes Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Dan Fouts, Drew Bledsoe, Joe Montana, Rich Gannon,
1: Steve Young, and Tom Brady. That's the list. That Joe Burrow is now a part of, uh, and that's in any season. That's not, not your rookie season. Yes. That is for five of your first seven games over 300 in any season. And now add Joe Burrow to that list, uh, of players and it's elite company. And I think everybody in the building realizes that that's the type of company that Joe Burrow probably is going to belong in.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And, and I, I, I still need to look up where he's at yardage-wise, first seven games of a career. Uh, what's what's the rookie record for passing yards in a game? I mean, 406 is pretty amazing for a rookie. It's just at it, it, every turn. He, I mean, we saw this early on in, in training camp, just the way he threw that first interception in training camp. He came right back and hit bombs down both sidelines. It's just every time something goes wrong, he finds a way to answer it. You saw it in the national championship game. He was getting beat around by Clemson early in the game and he came out and just turned it on. If like I said earlier, this this franchise has known adversity for three decades. And if there's some if there's some, anybody that's gonna help them overcome it, it's that guy.
1: If you have the quarterback, you can cover up a whole lot of warts. The Bengals franchise currently has a whole lot of warts. But they got the quarterback. You can, you know, you can build from there. We'll have plenty more to get into, of course, uh, on HTPG on Tuesday. And then on the Growlers, we preview the game against the Titans. Looking forward to all that stuff. And there will be. So much fun fallout to cover over the next 48 hours after this insane few hours here at PBS today. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you next time on Hear That Podcast Crowd.